I imagine if you look at my past 15 years of messages on the first Sunday in the new year, um, on an average, you would probably find that most of them start with this theme of simplicity or needing to simplify. And, and maybe it's because, as, as Gay so aptly put it, after a hectic holiday season, we kind of feel that longing and that need. You know, the past few weeks there's been programs, school events, concerts, decorating, taking down the decorations, dinners, family gatherings, all of that stuff. All, all very good stuff. But at the end, we kind of feel like the car that's run out of gas. You know, in the last week or so, I sort of envisioned myself as that, that car in a, in a race where I ran out of gas on the backstretch, and I'm just on fumes, and I'm just trying to make it to the finish line. And I'll even take a few people pushing me if they'd love to do that. So simplicity all of a sudden becomes very attractive and inviting. The ironic thing about simplicity is that we run the risk of making it very complicated. We want to simplify our schedule, so we purchase a whole new life management and calendaring system. And now we've got to figure out the whole calendaring system and the whole new management system, and now we're out a few dollars because we have to learn this new system. Or we want to simplify our life uh, and, and work and its responsibilities, but we have a family to tend to. We have bills to pay. So how do you simplify life? How do you take time off but still have all those other obligations that you need to meet? We want to simplify by not eating out as much, but now we have to make a shopping list, and now we have to actually go out and go to the grocery store. Now we have to make decisions about what to buy and, and so on and so forth. So just when we think we're going to simplify life, all of a sudden we feel overwhelmed that this simplicity is complicated stuff, right? There's a writer... Uh, in Scripture, uh, Solomon, who supposedly wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And there's a verse in there, uh, Ecclesiastes 7.29, um, and t- taking this from the Good News translation, that a few years just sort of grabbed hold of me, and it's kind of become an anchor verse for me, not only for my own spiritual journey, but when I think about what it means for me to be a friend or a Quaker. And this is what the writer has to say. This is all that I have learned. God made us plain and simple, but we have made ourselves very complicated. This is all I have learned. God made us plain and simple, but we've made ourselves very complicated. And I kind of had an aha moment, an epiphany, if you will. And I thought, well, maybe I have been starting at the wrong end. I have been starting at the simplicity end when I should have been starting at the complicated end. In other words... I'm trying to simplify my life, so I've been trying to shoehorn simplicity into a life that I have not dealt honestly with and the ways I tend to complicate my life. Maybe I need to start with the ways I complicate my life because if I don't, I'll just keep on sabotaging my efforts at simplicity. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like my family, and all my friends will say, I think you're overthinking this a bit. Probably so. But what I do find is if I don't deal with what complicates my life, then it tends to short-circuit my efforts and my longing to just simply live a plain and simple life. Dan read from Thomas Kelly this morning, a Quaker writer from many years back. I want to read from him as well. This is what he has to say. We Western people are apt to think that our great problems are external. We're not skilled in the inner life where the real roots of our problem lie. For I would suggest that the true explanation of the complexity of our program is an inner one. It's not an outer one. The outer distractions of our interests reflect this inner lack of integration of our own lives. 
So even Thomas Kelly will say, you know, you can rearrange your whole external environment all you want, Scott. You can buy all the new calendars that you want. You can go to all those new seminars that you want. Those are all fine and good. But I keep trying to rearrange all the external environment when he says, but in reality, you've got an inward issue you have to look at. What is it inwardly that's complicating your life that makes it so difficult to, to, to live into simplicity in your ordinary life? So what I did was I began making a list of things that complicated my life. Actually, uh, I had my smartphone, and I kept writing these down on an app that I have on my phone, and I kept coming up with these things, and my first thought was, I am a total mess. Uh, what am I going to do with all this? So I tried to distill this down to a few things. Now, I'm not going to unpack each one of them, um, because we don't have that kind of time. But let me share with you the ways that I realized that I can complicate my life, and maybe some of them may resonate with you. There's about seven of them, and like I said, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. And they all start with the same letter, because that's what pastors do. We start with the same letter, so it's easy to memorize. First is decisions. I realize decisions can become a complicating factor when we put off decisions that need to be made. Oftentimes, there are decisions which I simply do not want to face. Not what socks I'm going to wear, not who to root for in the championship game, but decisions related to relationships, seasons of life, vocation, and even my spiritual journey. Nothing complicates life more than delaying decisions that need one's attention and need to be made. So my question for you would be is, what decisions are you putting off? What decisions do you need to make that need to be dealt with? Dividedness. And by that inward, by dividedness, I mean this inward dividedness that we feel or experience. This feeling of not being whole, not living out who we truly are. Wrestling with understanding who we truly are and managing all the expectations and voices around us. When I have this dividedness within, it's this gap between who I want to be and who I want people to think I am, or who I truly am, or who people expect me to be. I was thinking about this this morning. I remember as a, as a young friend, and when I was at yearly meeting in Indiana, there was this one pastor who had a different set of clothes for almost every event. He had like his morning outfit, then he had his afternoon outfit, and then he had his evening outfit. He had so many clothes, I couldn't keep up with how many different outfits he had. I think he just wanted to have a different outfit for every different experience. But as I got to thinking about that, I thought, how many times do I try to change inwardly just for the people who are around me, for the experience and the event that I'm showing up? I'm more concerned about impression management than I really am about showing up as I really am. That kind of dividedness complicates life because we keep showing up as someone than we really are. Division is another area that I realize that complicates life. And when I mean division, I mean it in this way, broken relationships and fractured relationships. Nothing complicates life more than unresolved relational issues. We may call a timeout for a while, we may put them aside, we may get some space, but they have this way of showing up again in our soul and taking up heart space and taking up head space. And we think we may put them away, but they just are there. And it's hard to be present at work. It's hard to be present at life. It's hard to be present at worship when you have these relational issues that have broken down and I'm just not dealing with them or we're just not dealing with them. Decluttering, it's an issue. And it begins inwardly. Life is cluttered on the outside, but I can also be cluttered on the inside, cluttered with expectations, commitments, promises, both kept and broken. I'm trying to find a place for all of them. I'm running out of space and energy. And it becomes a matter of focus on priorities, of determining what is most important in my life. 
Sometimes I go into my closet and I keep thinking to myself, I've got to get rid of all the stuff I'm not wearing anymore. I've got to get rid of all the stuff I'm not using anymore. And sometimes I look inside of my life and I think, I've got to get rid of all the stuff that's not important to me anymore. I have to get rid of all the stuff that doesn't matter to me anymore. So what is it within that we have to declutter and get rid of that's taken up all of that space? Um, disruptions. Life has its disruptions. A job layoff, a firing, separation, divorce, medical challenges, parenting challenges, unexpected bills. All of this can disrupt the flow of life and complicate life. Now, those are some of the things that are out of our control. doesn't mean we've done anything wrong. It just means that it happens. And every now and then, life does get complicated. And sometimes we just have to kind of ride that out. And we ride it out with the support of people. We ride it out with the prayers of people. But we just have to realize that might be part of the experience and season that we're in. And then simply the last two. And quite honestly, this is totally an outward complication. But it's very real. But it has to be said. Sometimes debt can be a complication in life. Some of it's self-inflicted. We make poor choices. Some of it's very unavoidable as we've talked about this morning, uh, medical emergencies. And at this point, it's enough simply to name that debt can feel like a weight around one neck and keep simplicity nothing more than a fantasy. And I've had those moments of debt. We've had those moments of debt. I know others that have had those moments of debt. Some of them are still in it. Some of them try to work their way out of it. Some of them find help. My encouragement to folks is to not let it shame you, to not let it shame you into working through it, because one of the things that can be the biggest complicating factor in our life of feeling peace and calm and moving forward is that sense of debt in our life. And the last thing I would just simply say is development. And what I mean by that is my own personal and spiritual development. And that in and of itself can be a complicating factor if I am not growing spiritually, if I'm not growing Personally, if I'm not maturing in my life, it ends up being a complicating factor. So I ask myself some questions like this. How am I handling problems or crisis? Do I sink into over-anxiousness or am I growing in resilience? How do I deal with conflict and disagreement? Do I react? Do I escalate? Do I shut down or avoid? Do I respond with openness and a willingness to accept blame? How do I deal with my own emotional wounds? Do I try to cover them up with more activity or do I seek help, counsel, and healing? And how do I take responsibility for my own growth and development? Do I have a tendency to blame others and play the victim? Or do I ask what needs to change in me? And do I take the necessary steps? Now, I went through those very quickly, I guess. But one of the things I want to just put there before you is, this is kind of my list in some ways. And maybe there's something there that resonated with you. But the question ends up being, so what is it in your life do you find complicates your journey towards simplicity? What is it inwardly that you find complicates your growth towards living a life that is plain and simple? Thomas Kelly uh, had this to say, again, um, as Dan alluded to him earlier, if the Society of Friends has anything to say, it lies in this region primarily. Life is meant to be lived from a center, a divine center, Each one of us can live such a life of amazing power and peace and serenity, of integration and confidence and simplified multiplicity on one condition, that is this, if we really want to. Now here's the thing, when you think of the word divine center, that has a really nice ring to it, doesn't it? But what does it mean to live from one's divine center? 
What does it mean to be a centered person? And I have that question as well. Even though I have used it various times, even though I have talked about it millions of times, even though I'm preaching about it right now, what does it mean to be a centered person? There was an author, Sue Monk Kidd, who wrestled with this. And she actually read Thomas Kelly's work, and she actually wrestled with this idea of living from a divine center. She actually wondered herself aloud, what does it mean to live in this way so it doesn't feel like something that's just nice and, and poetic and, and, and sound wonderful? And this is what she had to offer. And I want to offer this to us this morning because I think she sort of distills it down into something very, very plain. A center is not simply an inner place where you're in touch with God's presence. Most important, it is the space from which you can focus your entire life. Being centered is not so much a state of being as a point of beginning. It's a way we respond to our problems. We don't withdraw from the world to a center. We respond to the world from our center. Being centered allows us to bring this quality of focus to our life. It enables us to set priorities. And from the center, we respond to the chaos by eliminating that which isn't meaningful, and we bring order and calm to the rest. For in the center, we are rooted in God's love. In such a place, there is no need for striving and impatience and dashing about and seeking for approval. And it was at that moment that I realized that really speaks something to me. This way of being centered is this point of contact. This point of contact that offers guidance and comfort and direction and wisdom and peace and resilience and patience. It's this point of contact with God and God's love that invites us to live with this uncluttered soul that gives the courage to examine these core issues in our life and, 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 and gets to those, those things that complicate it and move us away from living a life of simplicity. It's, it's a point of contact to help us live this life of simplicity, a life that's centered, that connects us with God, this divine center, in which we can ask these questions. Am I responding to life from the centered place? Is the love of God my starting point for all I do and say? And am I spending time on what matters most, or am I frittering time away on the things that matter least? I go back to that verse in Ecclesiastes. This is all that I have learned. God made us plain and simple, but we have made ourselves very complicated. So maybe the question to leave with us this morning, and myself and you, is as we journey into 2018, is how do I complicate my life? How have I made my life more complicated? What are the issues I need to face up to? What are the things I need to name and deal with head on? Uh, What are the seasons I'm in right now that I really can't do anything about, but I just need to name it, and maybe I need to go through it, but who can I invite to go through it with me? Then that way we move into this journey of simplicity and to live from that divine center rather than just feel like we're kind of spinning out of control and everything feels a little bit chaotic.